Welcome to a special episode of this podcast. My name is Sarah Stonecipher Boylan, and I'm the project director of Advent Word. Each year, this global community responds to the daily words, meditations, and images in different ways. As we enter into this Advent season, I wanted to highlight the way that Sybil Macbeth creates her conversations with God around prayer-filled coloring and doodling. Sybil has participated in Advent Word for many years. Highlighting a creative way to reflect and pray as we wait and watch for Jesus, Forward Movement invited her to create a Praying in Color poster. This poster includes spaces for all the daily Advent words as well as reminders of the prompts. This poster is a great addition to the season and complements the Waiting and Watching Advent Word Reflections booklet, which has spaces for prayer-filled doodles within its pages. Take a listen as Forward Movement Managing Editor Rochelle Thompson interviews Sybil Macbeth. Hi, I'm Rochelle Thompson, Managing Editor of Forward Movement, and I'm here today with Sybil Macbeth, author of Praying in Color and the creator of an Advent calendar for Advent Word as part of a ministry as we are moving into Advent and waiting and watching for Jesus. So I uh, wanted to talk with you today, Sybil, about your work and your the spiritual practice of doodling as a, as a prayer practice and as a, just a, a way to connect with ourselves and connect with God. So I have been excited, as I've shared with you before, I started reading and using your book a decade ago, Praying in Color, and I, I'm super excited about to be able to spend time with you. So tell me a little bit about how you got started with doodling as a prayer practice. Well, I, I've been a doodler for a long time and I'm not an artist. I can't, I can't even draw a cat or a dog that looks like anything. And, <laughs> and, and art has always been a huge embarrassment to me because my mother and grandmother who were both Sybils were really fine artists mm. and, you know, sculpture, oil painter, um, anyway, but I but about I don't even know how long decades ago, a friend of mine gave me permission to doodle and she really set me free. She told me to go into her kitchen drawer and trace around an object and that when I finished to keep going mm. and she just set me free to be a doodler. So I've doodled and I love to use colored markers to doodle with. Um, so probably, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, a whole bunch of friends and family members had these terrible cancers, brain cancer, uh, blood cancer, breast cancer, melanoma. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of lost my prayer words. I mean, I would say these little one-liners, you know, God, I hope, you know, God lets Sue live to see her kids graduate from high school and, uh, you know, let uh, Peter not feel pain and and all these different things. And I call them arrow prayers. Mm-hmm. And um, Teresa, that's what Teresa of Avila called them. And I'm sure God was fine with those, but uh, they just felt kind of puny. So one day I was doodling on my back porch, which was sort of my way to signal that summer was here and I didn't right. have to teach anymore. Um, so I was out there doodling and, and I like to draw sort of amorphous shapes. So I was drawing a shape and I wrote the name um, Sue in it. And I didn't even know that I had written. I mean, I did not do that consciously. So I just continued to, to doodle around her and add color. And I realized after a while that what I was doing is I was praying for her. 
I didn't have words and I didn't, that God didn't need me to have words, but I was offering her into God's care Mm -hmm. um, and I was being present to her. So I figured if I could do that for Sue, then I could do that for the other people in my prayer list. And so I did that and I ended up with this page of doodles with names on it. And I really felt like I had prayed for those people. And then I could post that prayer so that every time I looked at it again, it was like a prompt for me to pray for them. So it was sort of the closest I've ever come to unceasing prayer. Because I think because I had done it visually, you know, with shape and color and, you know, placement on the paper that it stuck in my mind. Yeah, that's really lovely. And when you told Sue and these other folks that you were praying for them this way, how did they respond? I'm not sure that I told a lot of people. Matter of fact, for a whole year, I don't think I told anybody but my husband and one friend because I wasn't sure if it was spiritually legal (laughs) to pray pray that way. I mean, like who, who prays and doodles? But, you know, it kept... Besides, you know, creating a prayer time and uh, and then a prompt for prayer afterwards, it kept me in my seat. And it was sort of an invitation from my body to be part of the prayer. You know, my eyes, my hands. And it was enough that I would get still on the inside, even though my hand and my eyes were moving. Right. Do you think, especially for people maybe, well, I think all of us have a lot of busyness and it's hard to get settled enough, but maybe even especially for folks who have ADHD or have some other things where it's just really hard for them to kind of set aside the voices in their head. Do you think this is a particularly helpful practice? Oh, I, I do because I know I sort of at the beginning thought maybe this should be called um, praying in color for people with, or praying for people with ADD or ADHD or because I'm definitely have that sort of antsy have to be doing mm-hmm. kind of something um, personality. But I, what, one of the things I like about it is I, I don't chase away words, but I don't make myself have words. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I don't pray a minute long verbal prayer and then quit which is what I would usually do, right? Okay, so I prayed for Sue, I prayed for Peter, I prayed for Connor, whoever it was. Mm-hmm. But then I would, you know, if I might start with words and then just keep doodling and either silence or more words would come and either one of those was fine with me. And sometimes I'd write the words down. Yeah. So it's sort of an ebb and flow between words and silence. That's really lovely. I, I find that when I am in meetings, especially longer ones, my papers by the end of them will have little doodles all around. And it's, I think sometimes people think it was because you were bored. And for me, actually, my most doodle pages are really the the meetings that I have been most engaged in. And the doodles have helped me kind of be creative and to think of different ways to listen and to respond. Do you find that as well? Oh, I, I agree with you. One time I did, the, I, I was listening to um, a podcast. I think it was Fresh Air with mm-hmm. Krista Tippett before it was called On Being or what? No, that's not. Well, anyway, whatever the show was called. Right, right. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, go ahead. Anyway, so I decided to doodle the whole time, right? And so I was doodling all around the page, kind of like a little journey. And at the end of the podcast, I went back and I could point to you, point a certain place on the page and say, while I was doing this, this is what she was talking about. Mm, 
And while I was doing this, oh, I remember over here, she was talking about this. And so for me, it works. I mean, in that respect, it keeps my attention and um, really does include my body in, in, a, in a way that I'm not very good at things like centering prayer. Yeah. Or yoga prayer. They're labyrinth. They're, I mean, clearly there is something about engaging our body in that mm-hmm. prayer that appeals to people. And this is how you, for you, this is what is working. Right. Yeah. Now, do you doodle every day? Do you doodle prayer every day? Um, I, I certainly did when I first started out. Mm-hmm. And I made a big deal of it, you know, like I have a new prayer every day or right. I would add, add to the previous day's prayer. Um, I don't do it every day, but I certainly do even when it just comes up for me. I mean, if I'm in a restaurant with, you know, the butcher paper, mm-hmm. what's a restaurant? Hmm, I haven't been in one of those in a long time. <laughs> right, right. Back in <laughs> the day, we used to be able to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I could be sitting there and somebody would come to mind and I'd write their name on that paper on the on the table and I'd sit and doodle around it. doesn't have to be in color. It's very right. cool. I've done it on post-it notes, on napkins, in my journal. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have to be you know, I don't have to have it in a certain place or a certain time. It feels kind of portable to me. Yeah. And very organic, very, very uh, responsive to the Holy Spirit. You feel that, that movement, you feel that call to pray and you could just can. Yeah. Or sometimes I'm so frustrated that I'll sit down and then it'll feel like maybe the Holy Spirit has come into the room. Right. Um, right. That's lovely. Um, do you have a, you said you like to have your color, your colored pencils. I mean, in the ideal space, ideal way to doodle, where are you? Are you on your porch? What are you doing? What, what materials do you have? I think that varies on my mood. Um, I almost always, when I go on a, when I go on a trip and I have a backpack, I always, always have a black pen, colored markers, a clipboard Mm -hmm. and uh, paper, you know, eight and a half by 11, probably cardstock. Right. And that's kind of my, I think of that as my prayer closet. <laughs> because when I hold that clipboard and I can just kind of tune everything out that's that's near me. So that's, uh, you know, and is that the ideal spot? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just do it all over the place, but yeah. that's sort of a popular, popular thing. Yeah. Now you have been talking about doodling and praying in color for 15 years. Your book came out in 2007, and then you've had different iterations and different ways for people to pray in color. Have you heard, what kind of stories have you heard from people about this experience for them? Well, I'm always surprised that people would, I mean, I was very scared about it at first, you know, like you put yourself out there for criticism. Um, and a lot of people have said to me, it really changed the way they, they pray and gave them a way that kind of worked for them. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in doing workshops, and I've probably done, oh, I don't know, close to 200 workshops in the last 12, 13 years, is that it, it goes beyond our, doc, our dogma and our doctrine and our belief and it doesn't, we don't talk about those things. We don't talk about how in a group, how we might have different theology about something. 
but that we're all, that prayer is sort of a universal language mm-hmm. and that it, it doesn't matter if we differ about certain uh, particulars of the faith. Right. Um, it, it's a place where we can all come together and right. kind of a unification, unifying way to wow. offer ourselves to God. And, and I think, and particularly in a community, there's something kind of, um, I've done, I've probably done half a dozen, 10 uh, workshops on Zoom. And there's sort of a way in which praying in silence and in communities are really powerful um, experience. Mm-hmm. You know, that the quiet together, whether it's in person or on Zoom, it, it really helps. I don't think it's accountability exactly but it's sort of a, a group support for doing that. You know, and we try to do that in church. You know, we have our intercessory prayer list, but you're like, today we're praying for Elaine and Sylvester and Jose. And, and you're like, wait, right. we can catch up, you know? Right, right. Well, there is that uh, where two or three are gathered and you, as you're talking about even being in silent, but in community, that feels like that might be a tangible, you can almost feel that, that Christ's presence there with. Right. Right. One woman said one time, the way I sort of structure it is that we we all pray for one person. One person tells us somebody they'd like the whole group to pray for. Right. We'll pray for them for three minutes or whatever. And we probably pray for five or six people. And at the end, this one woman said, I didn't know one person on that list, but while I was praying for them, I was loving them. Oh, that's lovely. That's really neat. I mean, when you give the time, I don't have to know them, but I just know what their particular concern is. And I can, you know, offer that to God and them and be a part of that um, experience with them. Yeah, That's really wonderful. So I wonder during this pandemic, are you, do you find yourself doodling more and praying more in that way or less? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I've found myself doing more uh, cards, sort of prayer birthday cards, prayer anniversary cards, um, the you know prayer prayer healing cards. Mm-hmm. People, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's changed or not. Um, some one of the ways that I also like to pray is that I'm not. I might just start off with the word God or beloved one or creator, and then just start to doodle around that because sometimes my words just, and my despair feel so great that just linger. I call those prayers lingering with God. So I'm not praying. I'm just praying um, in that way to spend time with God Mm -hmm. with, with sort of no agenda. And if stuff comes up, I might write it down. Right. I might create a space for there on that on that uh, page. Um, But it gives me a starting point for prayer. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, as we move into Advent, so you you created this Advent um, prayer page where people can use that just as a kind of a foundation, uh, a little bit of a guide. How would you encourage people to move through Advent and and doodle over these next four weeks of Advent. One of the things I love about the Advent word uh, experience is I've probably 
I've made advent calendar templates Mm -hmm. for 10 10 or 12 years. And sometimes I would pray for a different person every day or an ad, you know, a word or whatever every day. But I like the advent word experience because it does give me, it chooses a word for me and says, sit with this word, marinate in this word, think about this word all day long. And the and writing it on the calendar and doodling around it, whether it's in color or just with a pen or even writing, you know, that word. I think the first word is tender. Is that right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to just be, be with that word and kind of ask God, what do I need to hear from that word today? Or what does that, what, what, what's that word need is telling me today? And Maybe I'll even write just more words with art surrounding that. I mean, you can be very artsy with words. You don't have to be an artist. And what I like about the calendar is that it's like a growing um, patchwork quilt or tapestry of my spiritual life throughout that, that Advent journey. And the Advent word piece of it is that I can go on the, you know, the Advent word, at site and see what other people are thinking about that word. And, you know, they've written sometimes poems or, or uh, taken photographs. And I've often posted like a day from the calendar or a week of the calendar on yeah. that. And um, so it's really just a way to focus and, and then have a record of that, you know, or a visual journal of that time in Advent. And I don't think you ever hear that those words the same again. I mean, maybe you don't have a spiritual experience every day of that word. And maybe, but the fact that you spent time with that word, I don't think I ever hear those words exactly the same again, after I've spent time with them and let them speak to me and let, you know, try to listen for what God may have to say about those words. It's a whole new way we we have this understanding of the advent calendars of uh, you open a door and you get a piece of chocolate or you get a little toy <laughs> or something, but this is kind of opening the door each day of a new word and opening ourselves up to how God is speaking to us through that word. It's a it's a really cool way to view the advent calendar process. I think of it as a count up to Christmas rather than a count down because right. you know, count, advent calendars usually look pretty trashed at, by the end of advent. Mm-hmm. But this is actually more beautiful at the end of advent than it is when it started out. Yeah. yeah. And even if you're not an artist and I just keep saying I am, you know, I, I sort of have an artistic temperament that I really don't have many skills in that department. <laughs> yeah. The whole tapestry just ends up being beautiful. Yeah. Well, that was the last question that I had for you was you started and said that someone kind of set you free, take, told you to go into their drawer and, and trace something out of the drawer and it set you free to that for people who would say, I don't know how to get started. I, I'm nervous. I, I'm not going to do it right. How do you set them free? What advice do you give them? Um, you don't be afraid to use props. You know, take a, take a ruler, draw sort of random lines in there, or choose a shape um, like a square and stick it inside one of those, you know, in those spaces and then write the word in there. I mean, it, and if you, if you messed up and the square is not big enough, 
draw partly the word outside the square, you know, and uh, and you don't even have to stay within the spaces of the calendar. That's right. what. So you know, one sometimes I've done a prayer with cookie cutters, mm-hmm. so just to to give you a you know a form for mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah, and that's part of the reason for the uh, that I like to do the Advent. calendar templates because I don't have to I don't say to myself now every day during Advent you're going to sit down for 20 minutes and (laughs) do this that you know this meditation or discipline it's like okay here's this what on the on the calendar from uh forward I mean from Advent word they're what about three two or two inches by three inches Mm -hmm. all I have to do is pray for two to three two inches by three inches and then I can do that right I can do that maybe that's enough and the fact that I'll, I'm taking the word with me, you know, for the rest of the day, and I can go back and add to it if I want to. That's lovely. Well, thank you, Sybil, so much for your time. And I encourage folks to follow your work and ministry on Praying in Color uh, at your website, prayingincolor.com, and also to share their work on moving through Advent Word at hashtag Advent Word or visit us at Forward Movement at forwardmovement.org. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Rochelle.